The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show you listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix living like it matters and how about that we got a new NBA champion out there of course we're talking about my man LeBron James yeah I said it my man I'm from the OH to the 10 that's Ohio for those of you out there who don't know what that is and I'm happy for LeBron I'm happy for Miami Heat I'm happy for the NBA great 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 championship series uh, okay, see, just a little young, that's all. You know, they're good. They're very good. They're just a little young, and there's nothing wrong with being young and good. Just take your time, and you appreciate it much more when it happens. It just it, it wasn't their time. It was definitely LeBron's time. It was D-Wade's time. Uh, D-Wade, uh, we, we got to give credit to D-Wade. Mature young man in the profession. Understands how to be a professional ball player and to do what it takes in order for your team to win. So uh, happy about that. I'm going to have a, a couple people give me a call. I know that I'm expecting uh, my version of the two live stews. It's going to be the two live Lou's, Lewis's, Sid Lewis and Doyle Lewis is going to be giving me a call. Uh, but if you want to call me, you can call me at 888-346-9144. But in the meantime, listen, I got one of my heroes in the studio. Uh, you know, it, it's very seldom, you know, that you get a chance to sit down with one of the guys that you admire, that you played against. Uh, you know, and you watch them do their thing and, and, and then just to live life comfortably. Um, and, uh, and I'm blessed today. I got J.T. Smith former. I'ma call him St. Louis Cardinal. <laughs> uh, because he, he was, listen, one of the original and, and got a chance to come out here in Arizona and, and enjoy football out here in Arizona. And he and the wife are also living and the wife is in the studio with us and she gonna watch as we go through this thing and have a lot of, bit, a lot of fun. As we travel back down memory lane, but JT, man, you look good. How you feeling there, man? Hey, I feel great and uh, blessed to do what I do. Well, I'm I'm glad that you did it, man. I enjoyed it. You did it for a long time. And uh, speaking of doing it for a long time, now the, the Arizona Cardinals here have been here for quite a long time now. They they've been to the big dance once, but but they got a big fella out there that's that's, that's handling his business, and that that's, that's Larry Fitzgerald as a receiver. You know, one of the best to ever play the game, man. How, how do you feel when you watch Larry? Does, does he compliment the position? Uh, you satisfied with the way you see him play the game? Well, I mean, I'm satisfied with him, but more, uh, I'm more satisfied with, with his attitude and, and, and how he carries, carries himself and, and, and the respect that he gave me when I met him, uh, last year. Uh, he came up to me and, and pulled my chair up and, and asked me, is there anything he could do? I mean, that shows a lot of respect, and, and it shows in his play. 
Well, I'll tell you what, that kind of takes me down the memory lane kind of thing that I remember. You know, when you, when you came up, obviously, you know, Arizona's been, the Cardinals have been known uh, to have a good football team, you know, since Larry's been a part of this team. It's gotten better over the years. Uh, but there was some struggling times too. But I, but I know when you, you, you know, when you were with the St. Louis Cardinals as, as, as a young man, who was a young, who was the older veteran that you kind of looked up to and maybe had some respect for out there on the field? Can you, can you, can you take us back a little bit? Well, I mean, well, it, it's not that far back. You know, it just seemed like <laughs> just yesterday. There you go. Uh, but we had, uh, Emmett Thomas and, and that was one of the reasons that I, I, uh, went to St. Louis, uh, had a chance to go to Chicago, uh, or Miami, but Emmett was one of the coaches uh, at St. Louis at the time, and asked, and he just say he needed some help. And so you kind of back in the day, you know, you you stick with the loyalty and uh, try to help him whether that's where you want to go or not. So that kind of cost me a a Super Bowl because Chicago won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> wow! Now you know one thing about Emmett. Of course, Emmett has a reputation himself as 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 a ball player. But what was some of the things that you know when you got there and you became a, a pro ball player? What were some of the adjustments you made to being you know a humble young ball player as opposed to perhaps maybe the way some of the guys enter the game now? The respect that, that a veteran like Larry Fitzgerald showed you. Some of the young guys come in the league as if you know they're entitled. You know, hey, I'm here now. It's my thing. It's my team. It's my game. And uh, but who was you know when you came in? Some of them veterans that. Uh, you know, really, you know, showed you how to be a professional. You mentioned Emmett, but uh, any receivers on the team back then? Well, I mean, um, I, when I first came out of University of North Texas, I went to, you know, I had Joe Green to kind of guide me, guide us which way to go because he, that's where he went to school. Uh, my first team was the Washington Redskins, which was a veteran team. So, you know, I had Charlie Taylor and, and all those guys, uh, Big Coy Bacon, uh, uh, Kenny La- Lavender, the DBs, uh, you know, a lot of those guys, Kenny Houston, those guys are veterans and they make you give them that respect. Plus, you have to work. And, and that's what I got out of it. You know, I went in, I sung, did what I had to do as a rookie. <laughs> they, they took care of me. They, they taught me. Not like the big fellow down in Dallas who didn't want to sing. Oh, you know, he, he's entitled. He hadn't went through anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what's wrong with the, the young kids today. They hadn't went through anything. And, and back in the day, that's all we had was Canadian and NFL. Now they got so many leagues where they can continue playing and they, they're entitled, but they hadn't went through anything. Yeah, you, you, you had to break them down. I mean, cause everybody, it's just like, you know, everybody's going into college. You know, a lot of the schools, you know, regardless if it's big or small, there's still going to be some superstars on the team. What, regardless of what level you at, there's some superstars on the team. So when you arrive in the pros, you realize that, no, there's some real superstars on this team. And, and they, they want to humble you because you haven't been a superstar in their league yet. And that's all. It's, a, it's just about, you know, humility. That's all it's about because they're going to embrace you eventually. But I, I just got to say that in terms of humility, I got to tell this story. Whenever anybody brings this name up, I got to tell this story because I, born and raised in Canton, Ohio. And so I saw all the great football teams and players come through Canton, Ohio because of the Hall of Fame game. Right. But I'm going to tell you, when I was in high school, man, I played a little wide receiver. I, I could swear <laughs> I was Charlie Taylor. Oh, man, I could swear I was Charlie Taylor. So finally, when I was in camp for one the Hall of Fame, Mr. Taylor walked in the hotel, 
And I saw Mr. Taylor, and I'm, I'm going to tell you now. See, this is this is the humility that people, they don't expect. But it's, it's all right to pay homage, you know, to pay your respects. That's right. And I walked up to Mr. Taylor, and I just said to him, I said, I said, Charlie, my name's Ray Ellis. I know you don't know me, but I, I played a little bit pro football. You know, I, I was all right, you know. Uh, but I know you. And I said, and I'm not just saying this to you just to try to make you feel good, because I know you feel good already. I said, but I just want to let you, I need to do this. You know, I need to let you know how well I know you. I said, when I was in high school, I paid wide receiver. When I was scoring touchdown, there was something that I had to do. And I'm, I, I'm telling you what, I said, what I did was I did my best to emulate you. And I stood there, and I stepped back, put my feet together, and put my hand straight over my head, and I didn't say a word. And he laughed just like you laughing right now. And he, and, you know, hey, and he grabbed me, and he hugged me, and he said, brother, I just want you to know, I did that because I couldn't dance. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> he had no Billy White shoes in it, you know. But I'll tell you what, but that was me. That was my way of showing my respect and paying my respect. And so I, I think, you know, particularly now with what's going on with the CBA, you know, we had the thing, and now they're saying that perhaps maybe the CBA wasn't the best deal for some retired players. I think with some of the young guys when they're in these negotiations and perhaps, you know, business, I don't think that a young man should be making business decisions when he doesn't know business. I think that's one problem that perhaps maybe needs to change in the collecting bargaining process is you got young men that are actually last year they were rookies. Okay, two years ago they were, you know, let's say two years ago they were rookies. At the end of their rookie season, they're about to make the biggest decision in their life that they would ever make. They're making decisions on billions of dollars, and they have no clue. I think that's where the retired players should be more involved because it's just like a parent. You, 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 never, you haven't been through this yet, son. i got to make these decisions for you. So I'm just going to ask you that. Do you, you know, think about it. Even when you know when we go back to our early parts of our careers, we weren't really focused on the business because when the season was over, hell, it was so long, we wanted to get away. Really? So do you, do you think that perhaps maybe there may be a, a change in the future that when you got a collective bargaining agreement that's billions of dollars, that some of the older players might get more involved in it because now they've, they've been through it and they know, you know, like you, if you, look back, if you would look back on some of the contracts you did, you might negotiate them a little bit different now than when you did when you play. Do you think there's a chance that that, that, that might change and that the, the current players, when they're playing, might say, you know what, we need an advisory board of players, former players, to be the executive committee to really negotiate the new agreements for us? you think that's possible that something like that could happen, J.T.? Because, like, J.T., like you said, you agree, we don't, we, if we knew what we knew now, then... Yep. We might do it differently. That's so what do you exactly think about right. that? Does that make any sense? Well, yeah, it does make some sense. And, I mean, that's really what your parents kind of help you. Um, sometimes uh, where a lot of young kids come from, they have one parent, but the parent really don't know. And so that's where the agent come in. And, and uh, sometimes the agent is looking out more for himself than the kid, and that's you're correct. We need a, a, a veteran uh, retired board or something to help to watch out for these kids. I mean, we needed somebody to help out for us. We did. And this and I that's the part that I thought that the general public perhaps maybe might have thrown that in. And the reason why I bring that up is because something like that is happening right now in college football. They're about to make a decision in college football to have a playoff system. 
and they're going to have a playoff system. And people have already, some of the talking heads have talked about this playoff system really being all about money. Now, if it's all about money, but then they also talk about that it's about money, but the players aren't going to get any of that money. These college players are not going to get any of that money, but it's all about money. They're going to increase the amount of games you play, and they're going to take this money and do what with it? So what, what I'm, my, my question to you is as it relates to just like we, we discussed that perhaps maybe there should be a body of people who are educated in that area who perhaps maybe could help those you know, re- those players be involved. We, we did, we, they, they, they did create something with retired players last year, but they didn't have a vote. But, right. they, but they did give them, you know, part, to participate. But at the college level, right now, they're negotiating on things that college players don't have a voice in. And it's like, where else can you go and make billions of dollars and don't have to pay those people who, who actually Produce the product. They don't have. They don't get paid at all. They get the scholarship. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But the coaches' package has gotten better. Got bigger. Why don't the Why don't the college players? So is is that fair? Who's Who's there for the college players right now when they negotiate these billions of dollars and they don't have a voice? JT, is that really fair? Well, I mean, that's also the parents need to get involved. Um, it's not fair. Um, they They want to make all these decisions uh, for the school. And and they, in other words, they think the school is 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 taking care of these kids, so the kids don't really need any money. So just just to take the kids and use them, whether they get hurt or not, because some of those kids are not going to be able to go on to the next level. That's right. You know. So what do they do? You know, some of those kids are going to get hurt. Some of those kids going to you know have uh, maybe break their neck or concussion or whatever. They're not going any farther. So, so what, what's left for those guys? Yeah, and I, I'm agreeing with you because, you know, at least because we have a union that represents us, we can go back now and we can have a seat at the table and we have representation to go and represent us in a court of law. But because there's no structure at the college level, I know I have a friend that just had two knee replacements. Now, the average person who's not overweight and, 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 is, and is healthy does not have to have two knee replacements. Right. There's no doubt that's tied directly to football. But I, he can't go back and sue the university. The university's not going to pay for that. Nope. So I, I just think that there's some things, and I, I'm going to talk about it on the other side of the break, but I think it's time for somebody to step up, and they need to have some representation at the table. Because I'm sorry, when Justin Bieber makes millions of dollars... He's not giving it to the little local country western singer whose money, whose records ain't making him no money. Justin Bieber right. ain't sharing his money, so why are the college football and basketball players sharing their money? Listen, I, I hear music. I got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man J.T. Smith, smooth, catch everything. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Got my friend with me, J.T. Smith, in the studio with me today. J.T., of course, a great wide receiver for the St. Louis and Arizona Cardinals, uh, now retired, and, and he and his wife, of course, are living here uh, in the Valley. Uh, J.T., as, as we went to break. We talked a little bit about this, and again, it's, it's, a, it's a sensitive issue uh, at the college level of, of college football uh, because of the fact that they're generating billions of dollars, and, and I, I just can't think of any other business model, you know, and I've always said this. If Coke comes out with a new product and they tweak um, the recipe of the Coca-Cola just a little bit, you know, and make a cherry Coke, and if that cherry Coke is not successful, they don't keep making cherry Coke. They get rid of that cherry Coke, okay? In television... You know, there's a schedule. If there's a show on that, that comes on at, at 7 o'clock, you know, prime time, and the ratings fall, they don't keep that show there. They get rid of that show and they put something else in there because they know the numbers. The numbers have to work for them because they're in it to make money. I don't understand why. If there's a business, because this all of a sudden now this is a business. College football is big business. Why? And college basketball is big business. If it's business and you teach business on your college campus, why are you practicing a terrible business model where you now sports is identified as business, but we're going to have a business over here that doesn't produce revenue, but we're going to keep it alive from this other business. That, that, that's not there's something wrong with that. And so, I, you know, I just that's what I want the people to stand up and, and man up and woman up and tell the truth. This is a crazy business model. Now, I know everybody's entitled, but that's OK. Guess what? That's why you have intramural sports. You're not saying they can't play sports. You're just saying it's going to be intramurals. Exactly. And so and so if it's intramurals, intramurals, 
by the way, I'm so glad I, that word just came to me. <laughs> Intramurals, by the way, is amateur sports. Yes, correct. That, when you're looking for amateur sports, that's where it is on the college campus. It's your intramurals. I got a little gold little pen when I won a championship. Yeah, I got <laughs> a basketball. Is that what you, you see? You see? Now, we, we, because millions of people wasn't there, we weren't making millions of dollars. We didn't expect anything. But I, you know, it's not a sense of entitlement. It's a sense of I earned it. You can't even earn your ring anymore. At Ohio State, you earn your ring. You try to sell it before you get out of school, and you this is JT. So, so please tell me, in your mind, when you think about it, and you have as much of that information as I do, why is it that these people are so stubborn, and they don't, you know, why is it a problem to pay somebody for their services that's been rendered? You, you know, if you're not on the football team or the basketball team, you don't get a national championship ring if they win. And, 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 if, and if, if you're not on the team, in some capacity, you don't get a ring, but if you're on the, ring, on, on the team, that means you earn that ring. You know, when they give a stipend for when you go out um, for that money allowance, what it is, for meal allowance, if you're on the team, you get it. If you're back in the dormitory, not on the team, you don't get it. You earned it. Why is it that they don't want to increase the amount of compensation when it comes to money? I mean, they, not only that, they don't even increase it to the point where they can say, Okay, not only can you get a bachelor's, but you can get a master's and a doctor's. They won't even do that. JT, help me, please understand. I know it was it was it was North Texas. It, for me, it was Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. But what 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 is it when it comes to money that the buck stops right there? No, we, we're not going to talk about money. Why do you think that is? I really don't understand. I'm having a problem. I'm hoping that that a, a veteran can help me understand that. Well, I mean, you, 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 you know more than me or, or just about as much, but when it comes to money, people tends to, um, as you say, in a biblical standpoint, they don't look for God, they look for money and, and they, they can't take that money with them. Um, they don't know that when you bless somebody with money, then it's gonna come back around. So, I mean, this just depends on how you was brought up. Uh, we all were amateurs. You know, until somebody seen something in us, um, and then we kind of worked at our trade to get better. I mean, you know, I, I was one that wasn't a, a draft choice. You know, some man told me I was supposed to go in the uh, second or later in the third, but one uh, scout had put in the in in the numbers that I ran a five flat forty. So I mean, so that cost me, but it also taught me that. Nothing is free. Anything that I got, I worked for, and it was nobody but God. It was not man because he gave me the ability to do what I, I did. And, and once you know your purpose, then you can, you can figure out your destiny. It's going to come right to you. you, you it's going to come with, with nobody to even challenge you. So once you know that, then the money will come no matter uh, whether they want to give it to you or not, it's going to come in so many directions that they, it's going to blow their mind. They're going to like, how, how, do you, how do you make this much money? And I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's destined for the system to change. 
you know, one thing about it is that, you know, they, they, they've made a change in the fact that I think some ruling is supposed to come down, if it didn't come down today, sometime this week or the next couple of days, where they're going to add a playoff system to college football, you know. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, the young men did not get a chance to say, I don't want a playoff system. I don't want to play more games because, you know, as a profet- as one who hopes to be a professional, the more times I put myself at risk, the greater the chance are I'm going to find myself in harm's way and I might not make, make it, it to that, yeah, that payday. Exactly and so right. they should have at least had the chance to say, I don't, I don't want to. I, something else that happened in the NBA championship. Uh, the playoff series, uh, the Eastern champion, uh, Eastern, uh, championship series was, uh, I remember that, uh, uh, Kevin Garnett, KG, decided that he didn't want to go to the press conference. He was fined $25,000. You know, I can, if this is a business now, are, are college players going to be required to do some of these things? You're, t- you're talking about huge money now. Suppose as a college player, I don't want to go to a press conference. Are you going to demand me to go to a press conference? We don't know what all these other things that the university are requiring these young men to do in order to negotiate these contracts because these are billion dollar contracts they're negotiating just by, you know, people think it's just a simple football game. Yeah, it's but, not. But if it's, if it's just a simple football game, why are other big Businesses not able to generate billions of dollars, you know, from you know just a couple extra games. But let but let me say so because you talked about something earlier uh, that I, I really want to touch on, and and you you talked about some college players who again find themselves in harm way and they could leave the college or the university w- with some injuries. Uh, you know, some where press maybe they may need surgeries. Uh, we're talking about in the league at least we're talking about degenerative type of injuries that happen years down the road. Do you think as these new billions come to the table that they might consider those who are in need of ongoing health care as a result of what happened to them in college football? Perhaps maybe that's something they might consider addressing now that they got all, all this new money in? You think they might consider that? Well, I think we've been trying to get that for a long time. And, and, if the if the players don't stand for it and and you know as long as they can put a little money on the table and they accept it that's not like the baseball baseball they're taken care of and and we have to fight for everything and we have to come together as a group you know and, and be you know and be solid don't don't take the crumbs and go ahead and Matter of fact, a, a good friend of mine, Earl Campbell. Okay, you know how brutal and how hard he run. Yes. Okay, even in college. So I, when I talked to him in Texas or seen him in Texas, we was at a, a, a autograph session and he was in a wheelchair. Okay, he he was at the top of his game, but you know, still the the way he played, you know, that should be a lot of a uh, lot of things set up for these guys that play that type of of game. That's that's physical. You yeah, he played. A, he played a reckless abandon. Earl was more like a linebacker running the ball right. than a running back. You know, he, he certainly didn't have the Franco Harris style where you run out of bounds. You know, <laughs> which was kind of smart. I, I always have to give credit to Franco. Now Franco wasn't trying to be smart. Franco just didn't want to get hit. You know, but but Earl Earl played the game the way it was coached, and and the coaches would tell you get 
every inch you can get. Fall forward, you know. Exactly. Don't avoid contact, you know. In fact, dish out the contact, you know. So I, I certainly could agree with that. And see, Earl is, I don't want to say he's the extreme because he's really starting to become the norm, you know, not the mm-hmm. exception, but we're seeing more people like that. And, and again, that's because Earl ran like that at Texas. Then he got with Houston. He continued to run like that. And that's what I'm saying. There are some kids that are in college that are playing football the same way, uh, that, that are very aggressive. I, I remember, you know, I made a tackle on a kid, you know, when I was in college. And, and to this day, you know, it, it really bothers me because he's, he said something to me before that I didn't have to hit him like that. Now, I, you know, I, I wasn't trying to hurt him, you know, but he did, you know, he was injured. And perhaps maybe his college career didn't continue on to be what he had hoped for it to be because of an injury. And and who knows, maybe now he may be suffering. But I certainly think that if, if the more money that is brought to the table, instead of it being under the table like somebody in the studio exactly said, right. it, it needs to be on the surface. It need, There's certain categories where you need to address, where you didn't address and you didn't allocate funds before, when these new funds come on, because as this new, these new funds come, you know, one thing about these universities, there's some universities, they're not building new buildings. They don't have to build new buildings, but they do, okay? They are at capacity in terms of the student body population, and the ratio still needs to be what it is. You know, you don't need still to have right. all these people sitting there. So when all this new money comes... They should think about some areas that they they avoided in the past, and I I know I was I'm, I'm, I've been stuck on that, but it's just this, JT. You know, you were in the league a couple years before I was, and it's it's one of those things. Whereas, when veterans see young ball players, they try to help them out. They try to let them know exactly. whether it's on practice. I never forget, <laughs> you know, Herman Emerson used to try to tell Andre Waters, "Man, slow down, man, slow down." <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we got a less a long camp, brother. But Andre was trying to make the team. Right. He didn't care. You know, it was like a rabbit, jackrabbit, boom. You know, he was running every sprint full speed. You know, four five every sprint. But I think at at the college level, there are some guys who've been out of the game who we need to somehow formulate ourselves to come together to go back to these universities. As a matter of fact, we probably need to pick it. Yeah, probably college was probably the hardest uh, football for me. You know, I mean, it is. It is. It's for everybody. It is because, first of all, it's the college is something that, you know, it's just one step to get where you really want to go. You know, but a, but a college a lot of time is there's probably nobody there that could really share that information with you about what that college experience is going to be. And then you're going, you're away from home. You know, right. and I don't know how far it was, you know, for you, but it was like once you got there, there wasn't no going back. No <laughs> you know, going when you, back. When you were trying to come back. <laughs> so right. so I, I think, yeah, and, and we're going to talk about that because we really do need to do. We, we, we need to have a conversation with some players, and just like, and we're going to talk about this on the other side of break, just like they always say, you knew what you were getting into when you were playing football. And I tell when it comes to concussions, I tell them, no, 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 hell no. We never had a meeting. I didn't go to a meeting where they say, come on in here, we're going to talk about concussions. We're going to talk about the long-term effect of concussions. We're going to talk about you. I didn't, I missed that meeting. So these college players now, no, they didn't know what they were getting into. And, and they don't have a voice right now. So I think those of us who are outside of the game, who really don't have anything to lose, but we could help those who can't speak for themselves, 
I exactly think we need to right. find a way to uh, to speak up for them. I, I I think I might have to take a break. I'm not sure. I hear that music. Yeah, I, I got to take a break. Again, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. J.T. Smith, wide receiver, Cardinals. Yeah, right here in the studio with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, I just want to apologize for something. I did tell you earlier in the show that I was going to have one with me, my version of the two live stews, uh, and that was the two live Lou's, uh, Lewis's, uh, Doyle and Sid Lewis. Uh, it's interesting, that family that got a Buckeye and a Nittany Lion. Uh, in the same household, and then a Purdue Boilermaker. Man, that family all mixed up with great ball players. But that show, of course, those gentlemen are not going to join me today, but they will be joining me uh, next week. And, of course, uh, today I have in studio with me uh, my friend, my guest, J.T. Smith, former wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Man, let, let's talk a little bit now about the Arizona Cardinals football team. Uh, because, for me, it, it's very interesting. They, they pay the quarterback a whole lot of money. Uh, to get him out of Philadelphia, and uh, injuries are something that happened with the game. I guess he was. I guess he went to a meeting. He, he must have went to a meeting where they said, "You know what you're getting into, so you better get a whole lot of money," because he got a whole <laughs> lot of money. Uh, but now, with money comes pressure, and pressure to perform, because just like you know, Tom Brady, just like uh, you know, LeBron, LeBron, everybody, <laughs> listen, Kevin Cobb's making a whole lot of money. 
He got some. He got a good team out here. The Arizona Cardinals. Uh, is, is the pressure to win is it on Kyle, or do you, do you think there's some other people who perhaps maybe are going to shoulder that 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 pressure along with him, or is it, is it square dead on his shoulders? Well, I mean, it, you're the quarterback, so you you have to take that take that pressure. Um, last year when he came in, I talked to him in training camp, and he he was learning. And we have to realize that he he still is young. It's a new system. Uh, he needs some help on the offensive line. He took some shots. Um, he get gun shot, and, and every quarterback does that. Even uh, when I was playing, if you know whether the receiver ran a bad route and or the line didn't didn't hold up. You know, it's a lot goes into offense. But when your quarterback is taking those shots and he's new to the system. He's kind of waiting a little longer to, to get to get the ball out of there. So it's it's on his shoulders. Um, I think he'll do better this year. He, it's the second year in the system. Um, it's also it's going to be on on, on coaches' uh, shoulders too. Um, he he's got to win. So, well, it, well I, I tell you, was interesting, JT, because just as me and you talked about before we came on the air. You know, many times as as the general public and the fan base. They always talk about, you know, he didn't read the coverage, you know, you know, he can't read coverages. Uh, today's game, compared to when we played it, has changed a little bit. Uh, but give the people an idea when they talk about reading the coverage, what they should understand and what a receiver and a quarterback is looking for when they talk about reading the coverage. Because there's sometimes... You know, a quarterback may go to a line of scrimmage and may not call the play until he gets to the line of scrimmage. And if it's a situation like that, when a quarterback is reading the coverage to make a decision on what play is going to be called, what is it that that receiver and that quarterback see and what are they thinking about when they decide as to, okay, we see this, we read this, this is a play we're going to run? Kind of walk them through that scenario, if you will. I mean, well, I mean, it, it takes practice and timing. Uh, sometimes you have the quarterback and receiver have to be on the same page. Um, it, you look at film during the week and, and kind of see what first down, second down, third down, kind of see what the defense is doing so you can kind of call the best play. But he also got to go through his progressions as a quarterback. Uh, look at the the the, the linemen. You know, you got to see what 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 they're in. You got to see where the linebackers at. Whether it's a three four or four three, uh, you got to see if it's a nickel or a dime. You know, a nickel or a dime. Five DBs, six DBs. You know, depends. So the quarterback want to especially know one half of the field. And and the receiver has to know the same thing so that they can be on the right page. And then he's got to be able to dump it off. And then the back has to be there if he has to dump it off. And and so you said that he's still learning that system. You know, I, I always, I guess it's kind of a pet peeve of mine because on the big boy show they always talk about Tim Tebow, you know, and the fact that he, I think he got a pass. And and I think he got a pass because, see, they still want to identify him as a rookie. And And one thing for me is, listen, you're only a rookie one time. If you've been in an NFL camp and you come back to that same team the next year just because you didn't play as a starter, that don't mean that you still be still perceived as a rookie because you got all the information and you studied all the information. You're familiar with the information. Okay, so in this particular case, what I want to say about Kevin Cobb now, the system, listen, was nothing wrong with his mind and his eyes. He still should have been studying a little bit. Now, 
you and I know that it's different when you get up on there, put your hand under that center. It's a little bit different than, you know, just reading <laughs> on paper, you know, and watching film. But do you think that we should see some progression in terms of him, you know, being better and understanding the system because he was, has been on this team for a year at least? Yeah, I, he's going to be a lot better this year. I mean, uh, the, the type of person that I, I gathered from him, uh, good down earth guy and, 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 you know, spirited. He's going to know what to do, but also he's going to need, Larry's going to have to have some help with the other receivers. Okay, um, once they double and triple Larry, somebody else has to get open. And that's been the problem. Nobody has stepped up. And hopefully the, the, the new receiver this year, uh, Floyd, I think, hopefully he can come in and help him. Uh, because somebody on the other side has to step up, and that hadn't been happening. Well, one thing for sure we know in, in the NFL, no difference in when you play. There's one thing that don't change about the NFL. I always told people, if you didn't know who the pros were and who the amateurs were, one thing that could tell you the difference is, is the passing game. Because in the passing game in the pros, as opposed to college, all you have to do is your fingertips have to be outstretched a little bit more than his for you to be open. In, in college, you know, it's a couple bodies away from you and you, and you, you, you be wide open in college. But in pro football, it's just like my fingertips are stretched out a little bit more than his so I can grab it by my fingertips and he's strong enough to pull it on in. But a quarterback accuracy is extremely important. When you watched Kurt Warner over the years, and now you see Kevin Cobb. Is there a big difference in terms of the accuracy, or is it going to be, again, an understanding of the system that could improve his accuracy, or does he just not have that same capabilities in terms of the ability to throw accurately like Kurt Warner did? Well, I mean, uh, Kurt, uh, he he was accurate, but it, it took him to go to the arena league. I mean, uh, you got small windows and, and quick releases. That really helped Kurt. Um, he was in a system two to three years uh, before he stepped in and was able to do what he do. Uh, but he read it quick, got rid of it, and the defense have no chance to, to read. To it recruit. sounds to me like you think the arena league might be a good developmental league for a quarterback. Well, it because is. of the quickness and, you know, you got to get rid of it. It's all passing, all that. You, you think that's a good – I mean, but, we only, but, but with the exception of Kurt Warner – and I think there's one other guy that was in the league too. I just been hitting my head too many times. You know that 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 Kurt played against in the league, in the arena league as well. There's not too many quarterbacks that have come over from that league to the NFL and been successful. Unlike back in the day, you know, where we had that USFL, and a lot of those guys came over and they were successful because that was our football. Kurt has been the only real good quarterback that has come over and done that. But I I agree with you. I do like the speed of that game that you got as a passing game. You got to get rid of that ball fine, uh, faster than more. Than well, that's because like. I've been coaching in the arena. Also, and I, I was you know. I was going to into that. See, <laughs> and, and also with the Barnstormers, with the coaching staff, where Kirk came from. See, I was going to say, so. I was going to see. You just took over. See, that's why you got to have your own show. <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to segue into that because you know that because you've coached that, and, and 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 it's like everything else. Like we were talking about the young fellows earlier. Because we've been there, done that, we can give them some good advice. Exactly. We can see the benefit the of already time doing is that. Faster defensive backs have to react faster. I you love lead it. Quicker, and 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 even though a lot of people don't know this, is uh, our son, uh, he's married to the third rounder sister. 
which so he's been training him since junior high and elementary wow. for the Cardinals this year. So okay, Fleming. Okay. So okay, okay. Th that's that's down. That's from, that's my my blood. Oh, down, down the a, line. That's some inside scoop. See, you done bought some Training, inside scoop to know. the show. <laughs> I like that. See, you got some information you wouldn't get unless you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with my friend J T Smith. Okay, so let's get back to that J T. So what you're saying to me in terms of relevance of the league. That Arena League is very relevant to the National Football League, and you can find some good products, particularly in the skilled positions, if you would look hard. So, so, so it's not bad to go from the Arena League, I mean, from college to the Arena League, put a year or two in, and then go into in the pros. Yeah, some of the young guys, uh, you know, they need to go in there, uh, especially the quarterbacks. They have to read quicker, and and I think it would be a. a uh, something good for the quarterbacks to to get into. Um, I mean, they really the NFL really don't, you know, acknowledge. Aren't there a, the, a couple? Aren't, but aren't there a couple owners think, that own teams in the USF? I mean, in the Arena League and the yeah, National uh, Football Benson League. Benson with New Orleans, he had a team down there. Okay, so there are a couple guys, couple. But, but but not a lot of them. So, do you feel as if I, I'm, the league is? Here's an interesting thing: the Arena League is on the NFL Network. Exactly. So, so the league does see some benefit to it, you know, to that product. You know, they find yeah, way. The, 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 the arena league is paying the NFL network. So you pay some bills. <laughs> there you go. go pay some, again, <laughs> under the table. Somebody tell me they keep signaling under the table. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I do have an appreciation for the arena league when I watch it for the skill position players because the game is so fast. And, and, and something else, you know, I just, but I just can't get used to this running start. Now, you know, it's already, listen, defensive backs already at a disadvantage, man. We running backwards. Now y'all get a running start. You know, this, that's the one part I'm like, okay, come on, man. This is really, so I'm thinking there should be some real good defensive backs. Exactly. That are in the arena league. Although I, listen, I haven't seen too many of them because one thing about it. Got to give them an opportunity. You, well, you see, you've been you've been there, you've done that, and and that's what I want to ask you. Do you think that there is some talent that's in the arena league that certainly should be in the NFL, provided they get an opportunity? And if they if they have the opportunity, uh, do you think more of them could make it? Now, I, I'm sure there's a division within the league that scouts the arena league. Exactly. But is there is there a reason why you think they would go for the college player as opposed to going for the arena player? Well, I mean, these are some of these are college players. Uh, some of them didn't get they, a chance they, they may to go been to removed, the NFL. But they may have been removed from college, and so they're gonna they may draft a guy who's coming out of college as a senior as opposed to going to an arena guy who's actually played pro football for a year or two, and they will take the guy to college instead of the guy in the arena league. I'm I'm just curious as to why that might be. Well, I you know I can't I really don't know you know if, if you're an athlete then you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's going to make you win, some teams need to win right now. Um, you know, I mean, it took how long for the Cardinals to, to go to the Super Bowl for the franchise, you know, that's just one time. That's a bad question for me, man, because the know, Browns ain't got there yet. So I'm... Well, I'm, that's... <laughs> hey, it, 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 the Cardinals it, got there. Hey, in know? God's time. It, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. We don't need God. We need a miracle in Cleveland, please. You know, LeBron left. He, you know, man, we, oh, God. So maybe we'll get one there. But listen, I want to talk a little bit more about the Arena League 
But I, I also want to talk a little bit more about you, JT. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. I got that music, of course. I know I got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my friend, wide receiver, former wide receiver, who's still here to tell us some great stories. JT Smith will be right back. Go, 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 go. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Former Cardinal wide receiver J.T. Smith is in the studios with me. And, of course, his lovely wife, Mrs. Smith, has also joined us here. Uh, J.T., I, I want to talk a little bit about something. Uh, there, there are a lot of problems um, in today's society with, with former athletes, you know, making a transition from the game and the spotlight, if you will, to, to making the adjustment uh, of what they – people perceive to be, you know, the normal everyday citizen and uh, adapting to life after sports. Uh, I know that you have had some success in the uh, Arena Football League and uh, as a coach there. Uh, how did you do that? How, how did you get that opportunity? We talk about players getting opportunities to play. How did you find the opportunity to coach? I mean, well, you know, I was, a uh, matter of fact, we had went back to Atlanta where my wife was and I was uh out there with the Falcons, you know, just watching practice, you know, that was the only year that was the only year they went to the Super Bowl. So uh I talked to the coach uh when the arena league probably the third year came out and uh he called me and then I went to Memphis and, and coached uh with him. So that was the start of the arena league. Was that your your first opportunity uh and experience of coaching? Yes. Okay. And how how did you did you feel comfortable with your ability uh, to coach what would be pro football players at that time. Did, did you feel you were prepared to do that? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is what I did. This is, you know, what I was ordained to do, you know, to play football. And I, was, I coached the defensive backs uh, in professional. Once once I played, came out, out of college, I was a defensive back. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Redskins changed me to, to receiver. So, you know, I, I could do both. So, you know, it was normal. Well, you talked about, you know, being an athlete earlier, and, and, and I think that's, you know, 
what happens a lot of times with with people at the professional level, they're able to look at an athlete and and put him perhaps maybe in a position of which uh, he's comfortable playing. And it seemed like the Cardinals, man. I you know I you know every now and then, man, I close my eyes, I see Roy Green get you know, that corner one time. Next thing you know, he running a nine on you. You know, <laughs> so so the Cardinals too have had uh, some experience and history of uh, taking uh, DBs and and turning them into very successful and very good. Uh, wide receiver. So if a, if a young person, um, you know, has an interest in, in, in coaching, uh, you know, what are some of the prerequisites in terms of him being a, uh, a good student when it comes to particularly his playbook? Uh, would you think that would help him to, uh, to have a good understanding of, of the game uh, if he would expect to be a coach one day? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you have to, you know, submit. You have to kind of Listen, and, and sometimes we, as young people, we we know it all, uh, but we really don't know anything. So most of the coaches are old school, uh, so you have to get in your books. You got to know what you're talking about. You got to be able to talk to the coach um, X's and O's. Let me ask you in terms of coaching at the professional level, how much time do you have to teach uh, young men fundamentals, or do you expect them to, when they come as a professional your fundamentals should already be in place, and we're just going to teach you a system. Or do you have time to teach them basic fundamentals of the game? I mean, at that at this level, he should already know. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't reinvent you know reinvent the wheel. You know, if you don't know at that age, then it's time to get a new job. You know, so you can kind of teach them a, a few things, but you need to kind of kind of be at a certain level. To play at a certain level, is is there an, is there a, an advantage or a disadvantage for someone to go to a let's say a Division One school as opposed to a Division Two school? You know, being in, in pro football and playing for for so many years and and being so successful, multiple All Pros, multiple Pro Bowls. Uh, does the size of the school make the difference in the performance of the player? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, a lot of the the scouts think so. Uh, but if you're an athlete and you and you you just better than anybody, it doesn't matter. Uh, NFL to see you, and you you're gonna be in the right place at the right time. Now you you said the NFL is gonna see it. Do, do you think they got all grounds covered? Do you think uh, you know all these schools that the kids are really getting the opportunity from, regardless of what school you at, or or do you think that perhaps maybe listen, if 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 I go to uh, Popeyes. And I want some chicken, man. I know Popeye's chicken is good. I'm going to go to Popeye's because I know I'm going to get some good chicken. But I go to the Ohio State University and I'm looking for me a DB. I know I'm going to get some DBs. But now somebody come and tell me, hey, man, go over here. They got some, you know, DB. Mm, I ain't never been there before. Uh, some of that happens sometimes. You think that there are, you know, some universities out there that perhaps maybe not preference, but it's just the history and the tradition that you can go there and find good football players, and, and other schools may just be working. It happens in basketball a lot. We see, we see the, uh, the 6018, they, they always are good. But then every now and then, some Gonzalgas and all these other little small schools, they step up in it, you know, West Texas way back in the day. But you don't see that happening, you know, too much. Well, you know, you got Delaware, you know, snuck in there, got a quarterback now, you know, up there with the Baltimore Ravens, you know. But very seldom. What do you think we can do to get some smaller schools some additional exposure to their players so in, to increase the chances 
that perhaps maybe some kids that don't get a look might get a look. Is there, you know, particularly with your arena league that you, that you were involved in and some other leagues, is there some other things we can do to maybe bring the spotlight and shine it on some smaller schools to give some other young men opportunity maybe to play pro ball? Yeah, I mean, you, so a lot of the coaches are, are going to play a big part in that because there's not enough uh, teams doesn't have enough personnel to 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 get out there and see everybody. Uh, same thing with with the arena league. Uh, you can send your film in, but if they're looking for certain things, depending on the scout or what team, if they're looking for something certain, then they're gonna overlook a lot of film. They well, you get just, a you, lot of film. You just you just okay. You just mentioned something. They get a lot of film. Exactly. And so let's say let's say if there is a person out there, I, I I just got a call the other day. One of my young friends from from back in the day, we played ball. We got a son that's looking for a chance. I mean, are you gonna randomly get a phone call and somebody say, hey, "Man, I got somebody I want you to take a look at." As a coach, are you gonna take that time out, or are you are you gonna rely that your scouts have already found you the best players that's out there? Oh, uh, we'll just send my send your film to uh, my scout to this person, and then uh, we'll look at it. we'll get him to look at it. That's it. Get it off of me. Send it. Send your film in, and you know, just keep on going. So the reality of it is, there there could be a chance. It might be a small a chance. chance. But it could be a chance. Exactly. Okay. And, I mean, you got a lot of kids out there that's, I mean, a lot, you may get some draft choices. They're they drafting people. But just like myself, a lot of free agents that didn't, didn't get drafted go on to, to have Hall of Fame careers. Encur- encourage that, that young man out there that is a free agent uh, who was not drafted. Uh, share with him a little bit about how you went into training camp and how you prepared yourself to, to make the team. Well, first of all, I mean, I was, you know, University of North Texas, right, 30 miles from the Cowboys. So, so since they didn't draft me, I was glad I wasn't drafted. On the other hand, because I can go to whatever team I want to go to, so I went to Redskins so that I can play Dallas <laughs> twice a year <laughs> to show them what they <laughs> show them what they miss. So, you know, I went down and I made the team, and uh, you know, it's kind of like. Like you got a lot of lot of things coming at you. I'm cutting everybody draft choices that they'll let me cut. Mm-hmm. You know that's momentum for me. You cutting them for I'm them. I'm cutting them for them. You know, and all the way down to the six six round draft choice, and then then I made the team. So uh, that was fuel fuel for me. You know, so um, once people were getting hurt and they had me at running back, I was behind. Mike Thomas, you know, Riggins, John Riggins. You know, I was behind all these guys where they were putting me. Because I was an athlete, uh, but it came down to it that after after so many well six games left in the season, then they had to bring a running back in. But the point is, they called Kansas City for me, and Kansas City signed me, and and then I made the team. You heard my man say, "Listen." He cut some people. So if you want to make a team, get some people cut. Do your thing. Handle your business. You've been listening to Ray the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. want to thank my friend J.T. Smith, great wide receiver, former wide receiver for the Cardinals, and, of course, his lovely wife for joining us in the studio. I'll be back next week. Be sure to come and listen to me right here on Ray the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.